Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of the Grit Per 60 podcast. Stanley Cup playoffs edition. Boom. Cats to the cup 2022. Go, cats, go. Get G a cup campaign. And, and Jumbo. Don't forget about Jumbo. Please, and please Jumbo. do that. That and one's Jumbo. that one's more important than, than Drew, honestly. Is, is it? Drew's got some more chances, but this this is probably Jumbo's mm. last ride. Okay. Counterpoint. Drew has already done more things to the Panthers than Jumbo. Yeah, but like Joe Thornton has done more in about half of his career than Drew has done in his whole career. So well, that's not Drew's fault. <laughs> just listen. That's that's the that's a failing on the flyer as, as an organization. I'm just saying that like there are exactly three people who have had consecutive 90 plus assist seasons. Two of them are Mario Lemieux and Wayne Gretzky. And the other one is Joe Thornton. Okay. I don't see Drew in that kind of company. This feels like a dumb argument because they're both legends. I mean, they are, but come on, man. Come on. My name is Connor Farrell. You can call me TC. And that voice you hear. On the other side of the mic. Hey, everybody. It's Brendan, also known as TCJ. How are you? Trent Grimm's understudy. Yeah. Yep. I'm doing all right. It's a pretty pretty nice uh, Sunday afternoon here in Florida, uh, home of the current defending, two-time defending Stanley Cup champion and uh, the upcoming Stanley Cup champion. So, so at the very least, this, this the uh, hockey state. President's trophy is here. Oh, the president's there. trophy is here. It's not here to me, but it's it's here for you. It's here to me. Wow. Good stuff. No, I'm saying I can't say it's here because I'm not in Florida. Mm. Right. Right, 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 right. So, uh, yeah, so I guess if, if my predictions come true and the Panthers do win the cup, uh, this is now the state of hockey, is it not? I mean, hasn't it always or hasn't if, it already if, been that way? If Minnes, I mean, yeah, two, two Stanley Cups is nice, but three Stanley Cups? Did the Lightning win the President's Trophy? The Lightning have won the President's Trophy. They have, right? but not in the years that yeah, they've won the Cup. Not in the, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, when was the last time a President's Trophy winner has won the Stanley Cup? Uh, the Blackhawks, 2013. Okay. Okay. So almost a decade. Yep, that thing is, I mean, people talk about, uh, you know how like some teams won't touch the conference trophy? Yeah. I think the president's trophy has a worse curse. Is it? Do, do we know, have they touched the president's trophy yet? Was there a presentation? I don't know. I, like, I, I don't know if people touch the president's trophy. I'm just saying that the actual act of winning it is just yeah. bad. Already a curse. So we're already off to a bad start. Correct. Hmm. So it is playoff time, and we're going to talk about some hockey. Let's do that in hockey. We're going to jump right into some uh, playoff matchups. And I guess if we're already talking about the Panthers, we should talk about the Panthers and the Capitals to get things rolling here. Starting off in that Atlantic Division bracket, the division winner, uh, Florida Panthers, up against a wild card team from the other division, the Washington yeah. Capitals. So the way we're going to do this is we're going to do eight minutes. Uh, for each series, except for Colorado, Nashville, because I honestly, I can't, do, I can't do eight minutes for that. Um, so, all right, eight minutes on the clock. Here we go. Uh, yeah. So, what are your thoughts? I, I think this is actually going to be a, a sneaky good, um, sneaky good series. Um, mostly just because of how fun the Panthers are to watch because they're just end to end action, right? And you know, Claude Drew's a wizard over there with the puck. Uh, you got uh, Sam Bennett doing his thing. Um, yeah. Um, and it's just a really good team. And when they're all clicking, they're all, it, it works, you know? There's a reason they won the President's Trophy this year. And it's so good. And it, it's, yeah, that's just a, a very fun team to watch that no matter who they're up against, it's going to be really, really interesting. Um, and playoff hockey, playoff hockey is already kind of this uh, 
different sport to the regular season that's already pretty mesmerizing, right? Uh, and then on the other side, you've got the Capitals who maybe didn't have a great season this year. Maybe they're getting a little bit old, but you still have bona fide stars on that side that know that are much more familiar with playoff hockey than the Panthers are. Um, and I hate to be, you know, the guy in here that goes, well, playoff hockey is different than regular season hockey. And you got to learn how to play that game. And that's, there is some truth to that. Right. Um, and the capitals understand how to do that. Um, you still got Ovechkin and Backstrom. Like it's still going to be a really, really, I still think it's going to be a fun matchup, even though this is a really a one versus a wild card. Right. Um, in the, if we were doing the old one versus eight or one through eight, this would be the one versus the eight. Um, but I think this is actually going to be a pretty good matchup as far, as far as one versus eight. Now I'm still picking the Panthers. Um, I would say, I would say Panthers in, Six, we'll go Panthers and six. Uh, but uh, no, I like, I think this is actually going to be at least, at the very least, this is a matchup that the networks will love because they can advertise it easily. Yeah. I mean, to, well, to, any... to a non traditional hockey market and to a team, uh, really a market that wasn't, I don't think was a traditional hockey market for a long time. Um, but with the recent success has become one, right? Yeah, I mean, any series that involves Ovechkin is going to be pretty easy to market. And then we've got a really good, fun-to-watch Panthers team heading into the playoffs. So, I mean, that's, yeah, like the I'm sure the networks folks are very happy about that. But um, we'll see. I mean, you know, on the one hand, I kind of get like 2015-16 Penguins vibes about um, the Panthers because, like, they have one mode, and that's just speed, right? But on the other hand, the Panthers don't necessarily play a whole lot of defense. And Mm. that could be an issue come playoff time. And um, so there's that. And the Capitals are are pretty good defensively. Um, So, you know, if you run a little cold, like what's going to happen? But um, the problem is, is that, or for the Capitals, is that obviously the Panthers are a crazy good team offensively and the Capitals goaltending is not good. So, mm-hmm. you know, I believe against the Panthers is only so much defense you can play before you can, you have to go Where it breaks. Yeah. Yeah. Before you have to find a save from somebody. So, and I'm not sure how that's going to go. So Samsonov versus Bob, who are you taking? I'm taking Bob. Um, mm-hmm. Is he even going to be Sams- uh, Samsonov? Like, okay, Vanacek, you're still taking Bob. I'm still taking Bob. So, in case you were wondering, um, for uh, for one, uh, Sergey Bobrovsky's been really good this year. Um, he picked a very very good time to have a rebound year. Get it? Goaltending rebound. Okay. Um, <laughs> Huh. I know. I'm sure I'm the first person to make that joke. Ooh. But uh, yeah. So right now, um, between all all strengths, according to Evolving Hockey, uh, Sergey Bobrovsky has saved a little over 11 and a half goals above expected, versus Ilya Samsonov's negative 11 and Vanacek's negative 2.8. So. Goaltending and goal scoring goes to Florida, which is going to make things very difficult for Washington. How um, are we expecting a uh, Tom Wilson versus Patrick Hornquist fight? I don't know. Does it have to be between those two? I mean, I'm sure Sam Bennett will get in there too. Okay. I can take that. You know, um, we'll see. I mean, you know, a guy like Tom Wilson, people always love to have come playoff time. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Anton Lundell getting his first uh, taste of playoff hockey. That'll be fun. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's been a pretty good year for him, you know, um, 
especially for the Panthers to have someone that young come in and be such a good player for them is, is really good for them. I mean, just that, that depth, that forward is going to be killing, killing teams. Here was the one that I had about Washington was, um, could this be the last like serious run that the Capitals have with Obi? Um, hmm. I mean, like Russian machine I mean, never breaks and all, but I mean, you look at not just Obi, but the ages on some of those guys for Washington, and you're like, uh, I don't yeah. know. I mean. <sighs> I would say no, because so this is something that somebody said, as long as as long as the Penguins have Crosby, they've got a shot. And I think you could say something very similar about Ovechkin. As long as you've got Ovechkin, as long as you've got the best goal scorer in the league for the last decade and a half on your team, you've got a shot. So I would say I know that's not the most analytic approach to things. But I would say as long as that's true they can go on up front. Now they would have to fix whatever their goaltending problems are right now. They have to find someone who can, they can rely on in net and come playoff time. And if that happens, add in, you know, Ovechkin gets hot back from gets hot. You know, the team starts clicking Kuznetsov, whoever, right. They could go on a run. Absolutely. I wouldn't say that this is the last chance that they have for Ovechkin. I'm just saying that the average age of this team is 29 and a half. You know, like all of their defensemen are, are 30 or older. That's fair. That's fair. well, yeah. All of their defensemen are over 30. That's they're probably about to get cooked. Um, but right, I so, mean, sorry, I'll let you I see your point. I see your point. Um, and that this is something that we've been looking at like potentially happening with the team, like the capitals where they start to drop off. Um, we've been looking at that as a possibility for a while and it just hasn't happened until this year. Really? Um, I just, I'm not ready to call it yet on Oveshkin. As long as he's on the team, I would say that they've got a chance. All right. So that's time. Um, that's a lot faster than I thought it was. It's, yeah. It's only so much you can talk about in eight minutes. Um, what's your prediction? Oh, I already said it. Panthers and six. Mm. I was going to say Panthers and five or six. I'll go six too. Um, it's not that the capitals are bad. It's just like, I don't know. There's five or six other teams in the, in the, uh, in the East that I feel a lot better. About. I mean, it's the East is nuts this year to put it lightly. Mm-hmm. So and by nuts, you mean super competitive. Yes. All right. Uh, which one did you want to do next? The other one in that bracket, in that division. Mm. To the um, lightning and the leaves. Okay. All righty. Do you want to start? I'm going, I, th- I think we stay by division. Okay. I kind of say that this is a really unfortunate draw for Toronto who I know just so badly just like wants to get like Mm -hmm. over the hump. And then you have a pretty good year in a, I don't want to know. I don't know if it's necessarily a tough division or just really top heavy. Um, and you draw the two time defending Stanley cup champion. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you kind of have to make something happen. Right. Like this is, is, you've been to this spot many, many times before and gotten similarly tough draws before and it hasn't worked out. Um, We're looking at you, Boston. Um, Like, yeah, super difficult for them. Uh, Just like, but you got to, at some point it has to click. Right. At some point, you've got to win a playoff series against a tough team. Well, that's just kind of the nature of the beast in that division is that in order to get out of there, you're going to have to be either one of Tampa or Boston at some point, if not both. 
Well, except Boston is in the other side of the bracket for this season. Right. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying regularly, you look at that division, you're going to have Mm -hmm. to get through one of those two teams, at least one every year. And this year you might have to get through both. Well, you're going to have to probably get through the lightning and then probably the Panthers and maybe the Bruins on the other side. Right. Yeah. So it's tough for them, Um, but you know, it's the playoffs and every matchup is going to be tough. Yeah. But I feel like this is unusually tough for them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So my thing with Tampa is, is there enough left in the tank? Um, Mm. I mean, we could say all we want about Tampa as a team. Like we all kind of know the deal with them at this point, but it's really hard to win the Stanley cup and it's really hard to do it twice in back-to-back years and then still have enough left in the tank to go for it a third time. Um, right. You know, especially with how weird the NHL schedule has been because of COVID and all that. I wonder if there's enough left in the tank. Yeah. So fatigue might start to set in, right? So, and this is maybe not, this is something to think, consider not just for this series, but if they get through this series, if this series goes seven and the Panthers series only goes five, that would be a huge advantage for the Panthers because not only do we, not only do you have your your normal, uh, not, sorry, let me recalculate this. Not only are the lightning fatigued from two previous campaigns, but now you've gotten a few more days extra rest. Um, and so you're really starting to bank some time where you can, uh, get your fresh legs up against theirs, their tired legs. Um, so it's something that, that is something that's not only a question for this series, but if they get, you know, this is going to be a tough series for them. And if they get past this one, then they've got another tough series waiting for them. And if they get past that, that's another, and eventually you're right. Something has to give. Yeah, what is then- the, what is the, we're starting to test the limits of human athletic achievement, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then my other thing is uh, with Toronto, who is stopping pucks for them? Like, I guess, I mean, I'm assuming it's Campbell, but uh, their goaltending is extremely bad. Um, mm. You know, at, five on five they have the fourth lowest save percentage despite um despite their reputation for not being a good defensive team for whatever reason they have the fourth lowest expected goals against per 60 at five on five so they're one of the top teams Mm. defensively but they have no goaltending they have no goaltending brennan if there was one team well we already kind of mentioned this but if there was one team that you could say that you don't want to play against with bad goaltending what would that team be uh yeah a lot of them but yeah i would say the team that has a uh, uh stamkos and kucherov and kucherov and, and point, point yeah and <laughs> and victor hedman i mean yep. i don't i don't want to play anybody um uh, in the playoffs when i have bad goaltending um, I, I do kind of get like 2018, 19 Martin Jones shark vibes <laughs> where it's like, this team's really good and could go on a run. However, this goaltending is really, really bad. So yeah, I, I, to me, I, I think, you know, obviously all eyes will be on Matthews and, and Marner. Matt, oh, just th- um, that season that Matthews has had this year, just yeah, unbelievable stuff. Yeah, sixty goal score in this day and age. You know when you know goalies aren't wearing like old newspapers for goalie pads and can actually like you know drop down and save old newspapers. You know, Um, yeah, in this day and age, to have sixty goals is is nuts. And um, yeah, I mean, for me, Austin Matthews is is it's either him or 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 Shesterkin for the heart trophy this year mm. and part of me really just wants to see toronto win one just to like I, I think i said this on our last episode i just want toronto to win one so we can finally like have something new to talk about with them <laughs> right but like it just, they, gets, it just gets old i know everyone loves to laugh at the leafs but 
I yeah. am really just sick of all the like old school narratives of like how Mitch Marner is too soft to win the playoffs or whatever. Like there's no new material that can be written, especially after they mm. blew a three, one series lead to a, to a division rival. Yeah. Like there's, there can't be a whole lot of new material to write to, to make fun of the Leafs unless no. they blow like a five, nothing lead in game seven after having a three Oh lead in the series or something, which I, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them, but <laughs> They could do it. They could do it. Um, yes. So you're saying that the we were, we were all out of memes of Toronto uh, losing in the first round. I mean, we're there never out no of memes. memes. We're never out of memes. I'm just saying it becomes <laughs> less funny over time. Mm, okay. Okay. Maybe maybe I'm just expressing my own like empathy as a team or as a fan of a team that's obviously cursed as well. But um, yeah, I, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to say that Toronto's going to win the series. Why not? Ooh, I, you know, I think there's a route. I think I think no, you're. I, you're I right. think that they are defensively better than they get credit for. And, you know, maybe guys like Matthews and Marner are finally due in the playoffs this year, which doesn't make any kind of statistical sense, but we're going to roll with it. You're right, but I want seven games of the battle for Florida. That's fair. So I'm going to pick the Lightning in seven. Okay. And then we can get Panthers and Lightning in the next round. That is eight minutes. that's, That's such a good series. Um, real quick before we move on to the next thing, the one thing that people are going to be annoyed about with this series is that this is the uh, this is the scrimmage uniforms. Mm, um, yes, where each team will be wearing the inverse of the other. Yeah, and it, at some point the NHL's got to step in and be like, "Look, these are sick jerseys, but one of you guys has to change. It's probably not going to be the team that's been in the league." And put just wear black forever. at home the entire time. <laughs> Yeah, bring out those again. I actually don't Something because else. they're awful. Um, what? Yeah, yeah. So just step in and say, Tampa, go back to your like 04 jerseys. Yeah, and 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 roll with it. Um, okay, so which one do you want to do? Uh, you pick. Great, thanks. Uh, we'll go Carolina, like Carolina, and Boston. The B's and the H's. So B's and the H's. To me, the Bruins this year are like a pretty stereotypical like playoff hockey team in the sense that they're really good because they can just smother the daylights and all kind of life out of the other team. Like, Mm -hmm. well, right now... (laughs) Uh, let's see. They have, I think, the league's highest expected goals for percentage. Yeah, they're they're writing at fifty seven, basically fifty seven and a half percent. Mostly because they're by far and away like the best defensive team in the league. Um, they could still drive offense pretty pretty darn well, but uh, their specialty is that they're lights out defensively. And that's not something you were used to hearing about the Bruins, really. Um, because usually when, when, you, when you think about the Bruins, the first thing that comes to mind is like the perfection line. Right. God, I hate that name. <laughs> it's so arrogant, isn't it? But it's so Boston at the same time. I can't. It is. Them. It is. And it's. But you know what? I think us saying that uh, just makes Boston fans happier. So I'm I'm going to ignore the fact that the perfection line name annoys me. And by addressing it, I feel like I've already failed at ignoring it. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Um, but my, my point is that we're we're used to saying, oh, Boston has this fantastic top six that they use, right? Um, and the now you're saying, oh, the first thing that jumps out is their defense. And I guess to some degree, that's very similar to what we were just talking about with the Leafs, right? The Leafs very underrated defensively. Yeah, but I mean, 
people know Boston for their offense is the thing. It's just always been their their deal. And the big thing is that Patrice Bergeron went like sicko mode on defense this year. And I don't know how teams are going to like even enter the zone against Bergeron. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. So have fun with that. Uh, the problem is, is that, uh, well, for one, once again, you're going to see me, you're going to hear me say this a lot. Yep. Um, this is good. I already know where you're going with this. Can I say it? They, okay, go for it. Who's stopping the puck for the, exactly. the it might not matter because they play such a good defense. Um, there's no one catastrophically bad for Boston. There's just nobody that's that good. Um, I mean, Olmark and Swayman both have uh, negative goals saved above expected. Granted, they're not that negative. They're not like Martin Jones negative, um, but they're both not good. And on the other side, Freddie Anderson is hurt. And so you're probably going to have anti-Ranta uh, for Carolina, but he's been pretty good for them. So um, who knows with the goaltending in this series? Yeah, so this is the third series that you've pointed out. At least one of the teams has bad goaltending. It's not going to be um, the last, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe the defense will cancel that out. Um, they, they are definitely going to miss Tuca back there. Two use two Ks, two points, no more. Um, and I'm going to be honest, looking at the defensive pairings on daily faceoff, None of these names really stand out to me. As talking like, about for Boston, for Boston, yeah, yeah. So, like, I, think, I understand they have good defense, but I couldn't. I guess it's Brandon Carlo. Well, the big the one guy? is is, is Charlie McAvoy. Oh, he's not on there. Oh, probably because you're looking at um, like they're probably resting him today or their last game. So that's what you're probably looking at. Um, Dang it! But here's a fun fact. Uh, I was looking at the uh, teams with the best expected goals against or the best lines in, in expected goals against per 60 out of at least 250 minutes. So that gives you 51 different lines. The top two are both Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand. You just switch out mm. Jacob Brusk or, or David Pasternak. Like that's the kind of absurd defense that they're playing this year. So... So it's the defense from forwards. I mean, the, the, the big one is Bergeron, but yeah, McAvoy does his part too. Hmm. So there is... Well, I thought you were going to say... I, I thought you were going to say Marchand. Um, yeah, I'm not really... I'm not well, really I know Bergeron, I know Bergeron's the big one, but then yeah. you said... That, that uh, you're gonna I, go. First I, one's the big one, and then you went to McAvoy when I thought you said we're going to go to Marshawn. I haven't really checked the numbers on, on Marshawn, but it would not surprise me. Um, and so here's the other thing for me is Carolina is real interesting because mm-hmm. they're second in expected goals for per 60 um, in, in, in the league at five on five. And that's great. I mean, I feel like most people think of Carolina's defense, which was not good to start the year, but second half of the year, they've been really, really solid. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. I'm interested to see if Carolina can generate offense when the top guys are on the ice, especially mm-hmm. on the road and how they're going to play defense. But my thing with Boston is can you go on a run when your second line center is Eric Halla, I think? It's been either Eric Halla or Charlie Coyle. So, um, right. I, I Granted, the wingers that they play with are, are very, very good. But when you think of Stanley Cup winners in the salary cap era, you think of the Sidney Crosby – Evgeny Malkin Probably, pairing yeah. or, you know, um, Backstrom Kuznetsov. Yeah. And I was thinking about uh, Tampa between Stamkos and Point and yep. Gord. That should right. have been, that should have been where I went next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> St. Louis as well. Like, you know, center play is important. I don't know if you can go on a deep run with, you know, 
um, insert dude here as your, as your second line center. Like I I'm sure that um, there was no team that was as unhappy as the Bruins when Tomas Hurdle signed a, an extension with the sharks before the deadline this year. Over or under one and a half lacrosse goals in this series. I'm going to go under, but it would not surprise me if somebody tried it. Fair enough. I'm also going to go under, but I think it would be fun if they were like three of them. See, the problem is that the uh, games is that the Ducks aren't in the playoffs this year. So, Mm. yeah, no lacrosse goals, no alley oop goals. Then, yeah, I was going to say lacrosse assists. Okay. Um, I'm going Boston in six. Ooh. I, I just, Boston to me seems like such a stereotypical playoff hockey team that I don't mm-hmm. know. It's going to work out for them. I like it. I like, I think I'm sticking with chalk though. I think I'm going hurricanes in seven. Cool. righty, Pittsburgh, uh, and the Starkins. <laughs> um, do you think it would make mom happy if I pick against the penguins or for the penguins? I have no idea. Does she, does she want to be the underdog? Personally, I think I'm more of the jinx in the family. Uh, so, well, I mean, I'm not going to argue with that. <laughs> I don't know if any of us in the family, I think she's the only one that has actually successful sports teams. Yeah, but like I'll go on Twitter and predict something and immediately get proven wrong. Like I've, I've <laughs> like the um, yeah, shut up, nerd. Yeah, like that Sharks Vegas game last week that went to a shootout. I I tweeted after they're down by two goals. I was like, well, thanks for the good vibes, hockey Twitter, but Sharks need more than just vibes, and the Sharks won. So um, I don't I don't want to cut into the uh, Penguins and Rangers time. Yeah. Um, I think this they the Rangers really do live and die with Shesterkin, don't they? I was gonna say I'm not particularly uh I am very wound by both teams. <laughs> this might be the one matchup in the East that I'm like, uh, do I have to watch? It's it's the one matchup where I'm just like, I, I really think that the loser is just or the winner's gonna lose anyway. So Mm. Um, I had something to say. Oh, but the, the Rangers have been better since they added Andrew Cop, our boy Andrew Cop from the Winnipeg Jets. Um, he's done well for them, at least keeping as uh, from a play driving perspective. Yeah, but I still think the Rangers have a long way to go in proving to me that they're more than just goaltending. Like, I think that's the big thing with the Rangers is. Show me that you're more than just goaltending because they're 21st expected goals for percentage at five on five. Um, I don't think anybody in the playoffs is worse. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody in the playoffs is worse than them. So show so, me that you're not just, just So here's, I just mentioned that I don't really have all that much interest in watching this game, but here is what will keep me interested in watching this game. Fourth line center Barclay Goodrow. Who's getting paid like what four million dollars a year or whatever? Some, yeah, some, no, that's not my actual answer. Um, just wanted to throw that out there. Um Sydney Crosby on the ice at the same time as Adam Fox. There you go. That could be a lot of fun to watch. Um, like just if if they're out there, like you just never know what tricks they're gonna pull. Right? Um, just just keep you on your toes. Hey, uh, do you know what concern I'm going to bring up about the Penguins real quick? Any any predictions? Is it who is stopping the puck? Hey, there it is. <laughs> so the opposite of what we talked about with the Rangers. Yeah, so... Good goaltending versus bad goaltending. Considering that Tristan Jari's um, status is who knows because it's that time of the year again. Mm. Mm. Uh, that time of the year, Mr. Krabs. It's the, that time of the month. The Penguins going into the playoffs with Casey DeSmith as their number one guy is 
horrifying. He's not been like that bad or anything. It's just when you're going up against the slam dunk Vesna trophy winner, having your backup as your number one guy, especially when Tristan Jarry has been pretty decent this year. That's rough. Yeah. That and the penguins haven't been particularly encouraging down the stretch. No, not particularly. I thought they were going to, I, before we went on live, um, before we got one on live, but before we, before we started recording, um, I, I, we were talking about like I thought for sure the Penguins had dropped into that wild card spot um, weeks ago, um, but I guess somehow they weren't. Maybe I was making that up um, yeah, because the re- because yeah. they had been so. The point is they had been so discouraging down the stretch. That because for a while they were locked into this matchup more or less mathematically, like 70% likely to play the Rangers. Um, and then they just dropped down the stretch. Um, I thought they were wound up in a wild card spot. Yeah. I mean, they still don't have home ice against the Rangers, so there, there's that too. It's not great. And I don't think they have a very good record against the Rangers this year either. So Granted, this does seem like they just hit a wall whenever they play Shesterkin. But then again, who doesn't? Yeah, wall, get it, wall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, granted, uh, in-season records against teams don't really do anything for me because it's a whole new season once you get into the playoffs. But it's not great either. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a question. I forgot what it was. Oh, so you mentioned so you picked the Bruins, right? Yes. In the last in the last matchup, um, and you said that you were thoroughly whelmed by both of these teams. If the Bruins, would you pick the Bruins to beat either of these teams? Potentially, yes. I I might just do that in my bracket. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't actually filled one out yet, but I'm glad to have given you an idea. I mean, I would have had to figure it out eventually. Um, it just seems like we're both sort of like unenthused by either of these teams, but I think we're both very intrigued by what the Bruins have to offer, even though they're a wild card team. Which is weird. This is the other thing that's weird about the Bruins this year. Is they're a wild card team. We're used to them being in that top three in that division. Well, that was just the thing is that that division was nuts this year. That the fourth best team in that division might be just as good as you know the top team in any other division, or or yeah. you know at the very least second in any other division. It's it's wild. I don't know. I, I, feel, like, I feel like we're both. Yet. I feel like we're both done with this series. Yeah, so. pretty much. I mean, how much like, time is left on our like forty-five seconds? Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna say like three minutes. So, what do you have? Penguins in seven. I'm going Rangers in six. I just, I don't know. I don't have the vibes for it. Um. Okay. Take a quick breather. And we're going into the Western Conference where, let's be honest, these first round of matchups are not particularly encouraging. Um, you've got one really good one in the Blues Wild and uh, I guess Kings Oilers could be decent. Just I, I don't find myself particularly enthused by either team. But which one do you want to start with? You want to start with the Pacific side of things or uh, the central side of things? Well, you said we're skipping which one? We're skipping Avs Preds. I mean, I think we're both. Okay. I mean, we can talk about it real quick. So then I, let's just do then. Uh, let, what are your what is your prediction for that? Uh, Avs in five. Mm, out of respect for our good friends um, over at the Predators podcasts. Um, I think I'll pick Avs in six. Yeah, can we pour one out for Brian Baston real quick? I, I am sorry. Um, that's that's tough. 
Yeah, That's I thought he was going to get the the flames, and then that, they'd at least have like a shot. Yeah, and then they had that. And it's, it's hockey, which is a random sport, so they do have a shot. Anything can happen in the playoffs, but like. On the one hand, I feel bad for them having to play the, um, for having them play the Avalanche, but don't blow like a four nothing lead against Arizona on the last game of the season. Like that, that's not a good situation. I, I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for that, but that's tough. Okay, so do you want to just want to do the other central one then? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And then I was like, let's get some predictions before we do that. Okie So, Blues Wild. <laughs> well, one good playoff series the West has. Um, it, to me, it's going to be a, a fight between, like, expected goals versus reality for the Blues. Like, the Blues are kind of like the Rangers in the sense that their expected goals numbers at five on five are pretty bad for a playoff team. However, they want an, on an absolute bender this year on PDO. And so they're sitting there pretty comfortably in the central up against the wild. And I still don't know how it happened. I mean, I do, but I don't like it. Yeah. The, the, Blues are an interesting team, of course, led by uh, Rob Thomas, famous for uh, singing with Santana that one time. Um, no, sorry, that was a different Rob Thomas. Um, you, sure, you, you're sure me he's never thing. heard that joke before. Yeah, I'm sure I've made that joke like 20 times on this podcast. But he does lead the team in assists. Just wanted to throw that out there. Um, yeah, I, I just... I don't know. Are the blues for real? I don't think so. So here is a fun stat for you. I'm very unconvinced by the blues. When I say that the blues went on a PDO bender, I mm-hmm. mean that the big driver of that was the fact that they were one of two teams to shoot over 10% this year at five on five. They, oh, sh- they scored on almost 10 and a half percent of their goals. Wow. Do you know who the other team to shoot over 10% at five on five was? So the Avalanche? The Minnesota Wild. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that, that's, that's way more obvious. <laughs> have fun with that one. <laughs> so I, I don't know how much PDO and, and shooting percentage and stuff carry over into the playoffs. I doubt that there's a whole lot of correlation, but I think that one's really fun. And um, do you want me to, uh, do I even need to prompt you this time? Or, or do you just want to guess what I'm, what I'm also going to talk about? Stopping the puck. Hey, you're so good at this. I don't know how you keep doing it. Uh, yeah, so uh, the Blues have Philly Huso, who is good this year for some reason. I don't understand it. Don't I don't know how that happened. Um, the Wild have basically nobody. They got Cam Talbot and Flurry. Flurry's been okay with the Wild. Cam Talbot has very much not been. But can, can we just yeah, interject for a second? Yeah. Do so. Do the Blues have the stones to go with not Jordan Bennington for the playoffs? I would hope. I mean. Huso's had more games this year. Stanley Cup hero Jordan Bennington. Huso played forty games. Bennington played thirty-seven. Mm. So, mm. okay. I just, I just wanted to throw that out there. Just something to think about. If, if something goes wrong with Huso early on, that might go to Bennington. So. The thing with Minnesota to me is, well, it's twofold. One is that they're an elite defensive team. Um, But my big concern, aside from goaltending, 
is because I think they can play good enough defense to withstand some bad goaltending. Who is generating offense when Kaprizov is off the ice or Kaprizov is off mm. the ice? Like the Wild are not that great at, at driving defense compared to other playoff teams or driving offense compared to other playoff teams. So who is driving that offense when, you know, Kaprizov isn't there? That's my big question. I mean, they got 34 goals out of Ryan Hartman somehow. Is Ryan Hartman playing with Kaprizov? Um, I mean, I'm sure. But, I mean, like, that's good and all. But, yeah, Ryan, yeah, Ryan Hartman's played a ton. It's been Hartman and Zuccarello together. Mm. I have no doubt that um, Minnesota's, you know, the rest of Minnesota's forwards can play defense to keep the puck out of the back of their net, but... Um, especially come playoff time, you need more than one dude or a couple of dudes to, you, to drive offense need, for you. Yeah, you need probably about 20 dudes. <laughs> right? Like, I, I guess they are kind of similar to the Bruins and that, like, conventionally, they're well set up for playoff hockey, whatever you want that to mean. Mm-hmm. But also, playoff hockey means you need somebody other than Kaprizov to, to score for you. So, I am interested to see how that goes because I mean, it's not that I am afraid that the wild can't put the puck in the back of the next. They've shown that they have throughout the year. I'm just saying that you need scoring depth. If that makes any sense, you need somebody who can drive offense. Even if it doesn't necessarily turn into goals, you need somebody to be there when Kaprizov is off the ice. Yeah. I mean, how many scoring lines is Colorado going to run? Probably three or four, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I know that I know that's, I'm thinking ahead. I should have preferenced that with whoever comes out of this game. I think this is a good question for the blues as well. Like sure. They don't have Caprizov, but do they, do the blues have the scoring depth? The blues are so weird to me because I look at them. And I see a, a pretty good team. Like, I just don't understand how their like advanced metrics are so middling this year. Like, they don't really stand out in driving offense or defense. Not particularly great at either. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. See, that's ironic because that's usually most years. That's what we say about wild dead mill and everything well for me the wild for years their thing has been like not necessarily having superstars just a lot of guys that are decent mm-hmm. you know so i mean kaprizov is like the best guy in the series but we'll see we'll see i mean you know it's hard it's hard to argue against a team with pavel buchnevich Rob Thomas and Ryan O'Reilly and, and, you know, David Perron on on offense, but it's just been, I don't know. It's a weird year for the blues. Um, So I'm going to take, I'm I'm, I'm taking Minnesota in in six. Taking St. Louis in seven. Ooh. Okay. All right. Pacific division. We got 16 more minutes. Hang in there with us, folks. Okay, so the Golden Knights. Nah, I'm just kidding. I I cannot tell you how happy nah, I am I'm just kidding. that that team missed the playoffs. I am especially, like, I will say, this is sad, but um, the Sharks beating Vegas in that, like, crucial shootout was, like, the best thing to happen to me as a Sharks fan since the 2019 playoffs. I don't really care that if it sounds pathetic or anything, but that's just, that's just how it is. I mean, you haven't had that much to celebrate recently, so I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> Granted, neither of you. All right. Let's actually get into the team. There was no in. reason for that. 
Um, which specific one do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about the Flames or the higher seed? Let's do it. Okay, so I have all these notes for these series. I can't really think of a whole lot to talk about for this. I, I The Stars are such a, like, I don't want to say mediocre, but they're a team that's there. I don't want to say they're bad. They're just... They exist. They are a playoff hockey team, and I don't think they're anything more than that. Um, but this is a big opportunity for, for Johnny Goudreau. Yeah. You know, the playoffs have not been super kind to Johnny Goudreau in the past. Like that's no secret. Like he's Calgary's version of, of Mitch Marner. So, you know, if, if there's ever a year for Calgary to go on a run, uh, this is the one really solid team, really Mm -hmm. weak Western conference. Um, to me, I mean, I, the, the Flames are are a team that could win the West. And Johnny Goudreau had a regular season where he could easily be an MVP candidate, right? Like, if I were to, I know I brought up Austin Matthews and um, Shesterkin earlier, but Johnny Goudreau could be number three there. No, that's. Fair. He's had a fantastic season, and you've got Matthew Kachuk doing his thing over there too. Like the Flames have it going on this year. I don't know what sort of voodoo magic is going on there, where they're really good one year, really bad the next, really good one year, really bad the next. But we're on a good Flames year. We're on a good Flames year. But what happened the last time we were on a good Flames year? They lost to the Stars. They lost to the Stars. I'm picking the Stars in seven. No, six. Stars in six. They're going to win it at home um, on game six. Um, okay, so I've got the Stars in six when they play in Dallas for game six. Um, yeah, I mean, they've got they got your guy, Joe Pavs. They got Robertson. Honestly, this is a pretty underwhelming team, going to be honest. But I have faith in the return of Ben Bishop to at least lead them to one series victory. I, I love Jason Robertson and Joe Pavelski and all. They're it not feels weird Calgary. that the first two players that I named were not Sagan and Ben. Yeah, but, but I'm, I mean, I'm just I don't, very I don't underwhelmed by them. Yeah, I don't think they're the best players on their team anymore. I'm just underwhelmed by the Stars as a team. That's fair. Uh, I am very grateful that they knocked Vegas out of the playoffs. Let me be abundantly clear. And, and I do, and I do want to make sure that my position on this is known. This is less about picking the stars and more about uh, picking against Canadian teams in the playoffs. You just I am, gotta, you, you, you I am leaning into the bit. This is my bit for this season. Canada's had it too good for too long. <laughs> Except for the fact that none of their teams have actually been all that good recently. Or that none of them have won a Stanley Cup in our lifetimes. <laughs> I don't know where you got the idea that they've had it too good for too long. No, that's, but... that, no, that's a fairly odd parents reference. I just I know. get that in there. I know. I just... Um, I, I'm just until, thinking about until... how everybody uh, made fun of the Canadian teams last year for how bad they were in their own division. Um, right. Um, and then one of them made it all the way to the finals. Um, no, I'm thinking of. No, you're right. Ago. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you're right. Look, my timelines for everything are all crossed. Listen, all, all the COVID years are the same. I got it. Uh, uh, <laughs> all the, the COVID, COVID years, years all two of them. Um, it simultaneously feels like five years, but also one year. It's like um, with, um, when, with when people are talking about Derek Stingley about how the. Uh, about how the Texans are going to uh, turn the clock back to 2019 to get the best Eric Stingley. And I'm like, well, good luck with that. Cause that was like five years ago. So. <laughs> um, yeah. So until proven otherwise, I Canadian teams in the playoffs cannot be trusted. That's that's fair. But prove me wrong. And then we'll talk. Yeah. I don't know. I can't think of a whole lot to talk about with Dallas. I, I'm going to say all this and Dallas is going to somehow like win in like five or six games or something, but 
I don't know, man. They're so middle of the road that I just, I don't really care. <laughs> you know, like that will probably be the one series that comes on at like eight o'clock my time. And I'm like, I don't have to watch this one. I'm good. But we'll see. But I, I feel I feel good about I feel good about Calgary and I hope for the best um with uh future Philadelphia Flyer Johnny Goudreau. So oh that's a dream that I I am less and less confident will come to fruition every day. But this is our playoff edition. We are not talking about the Flyers. I do not want to talk about the Flyers. I am ignoring the Flyers, mad at them, moving on. Flyers are canceled. Mm. (laughs) We're moving on. I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about with this one? Nope. I've made my argument. Cool. Uh, Yeah. Uh, so I have flames in, in six stars in six. All right. Good luck with that. All right. One more. We can do this. Can we, do we, this is another one where I'm like, I don't know if I can go eight minutes on this Kings Oilers. What do you got? Um, for me, oh, you go first. Cause you're Mr. Pacific division guy. <laughs> for me, my thing is. Can the Kings turn expected goals into actual goals? So, for whatever reason, uh, the Kings this year finished ninth in expected goals for percentage, which is very, very good. Um, And good for them, especially with such a young team. Like, it's not the easiest job in the world. And it would not surprise me if Todd McClellan won the Jack Adams Award. However, Somehow they went from having uh, 52.85% of the expected goals to like just breaking even at five on five somehow, Um, you know, and then somehow they ended the season with uh, a goal differential of three. So uh, there were two teams in the Pacific division that missed the playoffs that had a better goal differential. So that's fun. That's that's my fun fact for you about the Kings. Yeah, I I want to stick to my guns. I want to stick to the bit that I'm not picking Canadian teams. I can't think of too many things to say about the Kings. Um, but I do think I do think it is interesting. I feel like I should give a shout out to Anze Kopitar for leading the team in points at the age of 34. He has 67 points. And I think that's pretty neat. Yeah, I'm also gonna give a lot and of credit 48 to the, assists. Um, I'm also gonna give a lot of credit to the Kings for even making the playoffs, considering how many injuries they had, especially down the stretch. Like people talk about Vegas. You know, oh, they missed the playoffs because you know they had so many injuries. I'm like, the Kings had a lot of injuries too. Um, granted, none of them are like Mark Stone or, you know, spending half of the season without your big trade acquisition and Jack Eichel, but like the Kings had a ton of injuries. I can't like McDavid is going to look dowdy, look foolish in this series, isn't he? Uh, not sure. Uh, like, well, Dowdy is out for the season. He hurt, so he's out for the season. Never mind. Then. He's done. Okay. <laughs> See, this is how much. This is how little I pay attention to the Pacific. Uh, See, this is why you should actually good. like do some prep work for these. Well, you know, I have a busy life. I'm not a sports journalist. This isn't my world. Uh, I, I mean, it kind of is. I okay. I'm not saying you're not busy. But you do this type of thing for work. I don't actually, but that's fine. Anyway, I do sports journalism for work. Um, you know, for the um, Oilers, who's putting the puck in the back of the net when it's not McDavid or Drysdale? Like, is Evander Kane? As much as I want to vomit while mm. saying this, 
Is Evander Kane enough of an addition to where the Oilers don't have to rely on both of those guys? I would say no. If if the Oilers are going to the Oilers are going to go on a run, they're going to be relying on McDavid and Drysaddle to do the heavy lifting, which sounds like no dub, but that's what they're going to have to do. Maybe RNH can get some assists unless he's playing with them. The Kings strike me them. as a team that like. You know how like the stereotype or the conventional wisdom of young hockey teams is that like they need to lose in the playoffs first to learn how to win. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I feel about the Kings. I think they're a decent team, but they don't have Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl yet. And I'm also going to shout out uh, Jesse Puglia-Yarvi, who's been very, very good this year. I feel like everybody gave up on him a couple of years ago, but he's been really good this year. Just gonna throw that out there. Man, I'm just thinking though, if I pick the Kings, then I have to pick either the Kings or the Stars to win in the second round. This is like when you see like a five versus twelve and a four versus thirteen matchup or whatever it is, and then you're like, oh, I like both of these upset picks, and then you move on to the round of thirty-two. You're like. Well, shoot, now I got to pick one of them to go to Sweet 16. And I don't want to do that. But I don't back myself into a corner. How do you feel? Just tell me how you feel about this series. And we'll worry about predictions later. I feel like it has to be the Oilers. I just, I just don't, I don't see enough in the Kings to get them through this round. Maybe I'm going to feel almost hypocritical because of what I said about the Leafs earlier. But I feel like making fun of the Oilers never gets old. Um, yeah. Because they've got McDavid and Dreisaitl, and they can never do anything with them. Oh, and also, are they going to draw enough penalties to make use of their stupid good power play? They could. Probably not, <laughs> considering how playoff refereeing goes oh that's right but i don't know maybe this year they'll actually like call something every once in a while as opposed to like that triple overtime winnipeg edmonton game last year where somehow there were no penalties in three overtime periods i yeah right or whatever it was something stupid yeah that's something i didn't Yeah, I'm gonna have to go Oilers on this one. I think I can't think of I can't think of an edge that the Kings have over the Oilers. I mean, like that's that's fair. Um, the only the one thing I can think of, actually, you know, I can't. I was gonna say that the Edmonton penalty kill is not super great, um, but LA's isn't either. So, and again, they don't call penalties in the playoffs anyway. So who cares about special teams when you really think about it? Okay. I'm going to go Oilers in six, I think. Um, I'm also going to take the Oilers, but I think I'm a little higher on the Kings than other people are. Okay. Just give me your finals predictions and we'll call it an episode. Oh, um, um, Panthers, Abs, Panthers in seven. I say I really want Panthers, Abs, but I'm also not as high on the Abs as some people are. Oh, um, who else are you going to pick in that conference? Calgary. Oh, um, but I, I'm going to go Colorado and oh. Kali. I might change this by the time I make a bracket, but I'll put this on the pod. Um, let's go Colorado, Boston. I think if I think if Boston makes it out of that Carolina matchup, that I mean, what they draw the winner of Pittsburgh, New York, and then mm-hmm. they get 
whatever team makes it out of the Thunderdome that is the, <laughs> the Atlantic side. The Atlantic side of the draw is going to be wild. So that's what I'm uh, Just with. do one through eight. Just, just do one through eight. Anything else you want to talk about? Nope. All right. Sounds good. Well, if you made it this far, uh, congratulations. I don't think there are many people that did. Um, thank, or you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at grit per 60 pod. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at bferrell 727. You can follow TC on Twitter at TC underscore nine zero four. And, uh, thank you all for listening and have a good one.